if you will, to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew, the 13th chapter. chapter. And we're going to look at a parable that is uh, pretty popular. Most of us have heard it. Most of us know it. But I want to bring some light to something here tonight. Uh, last week at the conference, uh, for those of you that weren't here on Sunday, kind of the focus of the the conference, the focus of where God is taking. And, and see, the reason why this is so important is because it includes us. It's where we're going as a church as well. Um, and so the kind of the focal point of the conference was demonstrations, gifts of the spirit and operation, manifestations. It was more about doing than just something you talk about. Amen. And, and, and we know that the kingdom of God isn't just something that you talk about, although obviously communication is necessary. Jesus went about all the towns teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Then what? Healing and demonstrating and doing, casting out. There was action that followed. And we know this, that we are promised that uh, signs and wonders will follow the preaching of the word. They're a confirmation that what you just heard is truth. And now you get to see the word in action. But one of the ministers said this. He said... You know, back in the, uh, you know, when, and he's been in ministry for over 30 years. He began ministering in the late 70s. And he said back in the 70s and even into the 80s, um, there was an emphasis on believing the word. Knowing the word and believing the word. Um, but there wasn't a real strong emphasis on confessing it. And uh, if you've been... Uh, you know, in a circle that speaks of confessing the word, uh, you know, we've even taught on it about how important your words are in your mouth. Um, I like to put it this way, that God's word in your mouth is just as powerful as God's word in his mouth. And if we really believe that, we would talk differently. If we really believe that to be true, there would be some things that we would hold our tongue on. And then there'd be some things that we would start talking to. To start talking about because as long as I'm applying faith to it, Matthew chapter 11 tells me that I can speak to this mountain. And if I believe in my heart and do not doubt that whatever I say will come to pass, I can have whatever I say and the mountain will be removed and cast into the sea. Therefore, God's word in my mouth, if I'm speaking it, is just as powerful as if God showed up on the scene and spoke it himself. And so confession is huge. But he says now we've seen a turn in the church where we're confessing things and we're saying things. But we don't really have a belief system behind it. We haven't really developed. I believe that. Now, I will say this. The church knows a lot of stuff. But knowing doesn't always compute to believing. See, knowing is in your head. But believing is in your heart. And we got to get past just knowing a bunch of stuff. We got to get past just a bunch of knowledge and information. We've got to get over to revelation. And revelation is what produces a belief system. When it's revealed to you that he is Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, and I need to make him the Lord of my life. Now I can believe that in my heart. And then what? confess with my mouth that he is Jesus, that he is Lord of my life, and now I am saved. 
Salvation comes and action comes. Something is produced in my life as a result of believing something. Not just knowing something. Oh, I know that Jesus died. On the There's, you know, the devil knows that. There's a lot of stuff that the devil knows. But he's not operating in because it doesn't have a belief system, doesn't stand behind it with faith like we ought to. Okay, and so we've got to identify this and we've got to know how to get past just knowing stuff. And get into believing something. And so Jesus tells this parable, Matthew chapter 13. And I want to read the parable the way he spoke it and then we'll read the translation of it. Okay, Matthew chapter 13 and verse Three, then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth. They immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they they withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So we see that a sower has gone out and is doing what? Sowing, casting out seed. And we've heard this before. What determined the result? Not the seed and not the sower, but the Soil, where it landed. And according to this, you got a one in four chance of it landing somewhere that will produce a result. Amen. And so Jesus is identifying that when seed goes out, everybody gets it. All four locations got it, but it was determined by the soil or the Area that it landed on that determined what came out. And we see the last one is the one that produced some 30, some 60 and some 100 fold. Go on down to verse 18. Skip on down to verse 18 and we'll see the explanation of the parable in between here. By the way, Jesus then speaks to his disciples and his disciples says, how come you speak to them in parables? Who's them? The multitude. A lot of people. I mean, if you start out in the beginning, you know, in verse one, uh, there were so many people uh, that he had to get into a boat to minister. So he's sitting in a, he's standing in a boat ministering to a bunch of people up on land. And so he tells his disciples to them, I speak to them in parables, to the multitude, to the group, to the the last, the, the mass majority. But to you is given the revelation of the parable. Why? Why is Jesus picking and choosing who he reveals the meaning of the parable to? He says to you guys, to the twelve here. And what he's identifying is, is that there's an us and there's a them. I want to tell you tonight, you want to be a part of the us group. Even Jesus withheld information. There was times when he would have to look at his own disciples and say, there's so much I want to tell you right now, but you can't bear them. What's he identifying? This soil can't take the seed. 
He's identifying that it's not what I have that's damaging. It's where it lands. And us and them. What's the difference? Well, his disciples paid a high price to be with him. He came and he said, come follow me. And they left careers, jobs, homes, family. And they sacrificed a lot to travel with him and be with him for three, three and a half years. And so he's identifying you have paid the price to go deeper. When Jesus said one time, uh, don't cast pearls before swine. What's that mean? Don't give something valuable, valuable to people that won't value it. Don't give something of price, of value, to people that don't value what's being given. If they don't associate the value that you have for it, they will devalue the product. And so he's identifying, okay, these 12, they've laid down everything to come follow me, to come be with me, and for me to invest in them. So I need to give them something deeper. I need to give them a word so I can give them something of value. So he goes on to explain it here in verse 18. Let's look what he says. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. And you're thinking, I just heard it. (laughs) But now he says, really hear it. If you have ears to hear, let him hear. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, and what is the next statement? And does not understand it. We have to be a church that gets past just hearing something. We hear a lot of stuff. We hear a lot of stuff. A lot of people go to church and a lot of people hear stuff. But apparently we have to get past just hearing something. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, watch what happens. The wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. Did you know that the second you walk out that door tonight, There's an enemy that's coming to snatch away what's being sown. Did you know that? Yeah. There's an enemy coming. The second you go out that door. And we think because, well, I was in church. I heard what he said. You know, just scientifically, they say uh, that if you hear something, you have just based on hearing it, you have a 38% chance of remembering it. 38% you have less than half a chance tonight if you're just sitting there then to to walk out of here and remember anything that I said if you write it down if you take notes while it's being spoken you now have a 68% chance but here's the extra push by taking notes now you can go back over it and if you see it or hear it seven times or more, you have now a 98% chance of remembering what was, what was said. We just increased ourselves. See, that's why, that's why we've got to be people that meditate on something. Not just hear it once and think we got something. 
And so he's identifying here that uh, there is an enemy coming to snatch away. But what and what does he snatch? He snatches away the word of the kingdom. You notice that Jesus got specific there. The devil's not going around snatching everybody's word. There are some things that are being spoken that the devil has, has no problem with being spoken. If it doesn't line up with his word, if it's not in faith, if it's not, uh, you know, what Jesus said, then he's, yeah, you can go ahead and believe that. You're not, you're no, you're no threat to me. I mean, when someone preaches and says, you know, you know, sometimes we just have to go through things and and God will determine, you know, uh, when he'll come and help us. And, you know, if we just cry out loud enough and, you know, maybe he put that sickness on you. Devil loves that stuff. He wants you to keep hearing that stuff. He's not he's not after that stuff, but he will snatch away the word of the kingdom. Just got real specific. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. So then what is the key here? What should we be doing? What should we be trying to do after we hear it? Understand it. Without understanding the word. You will lose the word. Without understanding what you have heard, you will lose what you have heard. So there's a goal in mind. We've got to understand it. Let's keep going. Verse 20, but he who received the seed on stony places, that is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he... Who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. Verse 23. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and what? Understands it. Who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. Now, look, verse. Jimmy, you got to stay with me here. Verse 19. Verse 19 says, when anyone hears the word. Verse 20 says, but he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word. Verse 22 Now, he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. Verse 23. But he who receives seed on the good ground uh, is he who hears the word. But yet only one was productive. Only one was fruitful. Now, watch this. All these people that Jesus mentioned are churchgoers. We're not talking about the lost here. We're talking about people that are hearing the word. <laughs> Not talking about sinners. Oh, the people in the world, they're just so unproductive. No, he's talking about people that are hearing the word. All four cases, they had this one thing in common. They heard the word. Only one understood it. 
So if we're going to pinpoint, okay, what's the problem here? Why are we not becoming fruitful? Why are we not producing anything? Then it's quickly identified. One person understood it. Everybody else just heard it. Everybody else just got knowledge. One person got revelation. One person got, uh, three people got information, and one person got revelation. How do we get past just hearing something and over into understanding it? Because I'll tell you right now, you won't believe in anything you don't understand. Anybody ever read the Bible, and I'm the first one to raise my hand, anyone ever read the Bible and not understood it? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. And Jesus called it, and Paul called it, a mystery. Called it the mystery of the kingdom. Anybody like to solve mysteries? It takes a little work, doesn't it? It takes a little work. But the work proves the value. I've taught that message several times before. The work that you put in to understand the word determines how much you value it to uncover it and find out what is he really saying here. What's really being said. And look, if we're not believing the word, then we're not doing the word. If you're, it, you can't do what you don't believe and you can't believe what you don't understand. Look over in Romans chapter 10. Paul kind of gives a little outline, a little step-by-step process here. And in Romans chapter 10, verse 14, he says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? So if I don't believe it, I can't do it. How shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? How shall they hear Without a preacher. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? So we send the preacher. The preacher preaches so the people can hear. And the people hear so they can believe. And the people believe so they can do. You see the reaction there. And so we've got to get to believing the word. Understanding the word. Not just knowing it. Not just head knowledge. Heart knowledge. Get it past this. Get it past the mental capacity and get it into your spirit, the real you. And when we get it there, then it becomes firmly planted in our hearts. And what did David say? Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Well, guess what? If you're not sinning against God, then you're doing the word. See, not sinning means you're doing what God's told you to do. Sin is just simply disobedience. That's that you break it down. So if you're not disobeying God, then it can be automatically assumed you must be obeying God. Because the only other option is to disobey. Pretty simple. So if we want to do the word, then we need to believe the word. And if we want to believe the word, we need to understand what we're hearing. We need to understand what we're hearing. Uh, Look what. Solomon said over in Proverbs chapter 4. Solomon was the wisest man in all the earth that's ever lived. I don't know how wise you are with a thousand wives. I don't, that's not a wise choice to me. Uh, but somehow he made it through. 
Actually, he didn't make it through, so that one actually came back to bite him. Probably should have just stuck with one. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding. Two things. One, hear. Two, get understanding. There's a difference. Let's skip on down to verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all your getting, get understanding. In all your getting, get understanding. What do these two words imply to us? They imply this. Understanding does not come automatically. You have to go get it. Hearing will come. You'll hear. But what do you do with what you've heard? That's the question. That's the question. Meditating on God's word has more to do with what you do after you hear the word than hearing it. Meditation means... What am I going to do with what I just heard tomorrow? What am I going to do with what I just heard next week? What am I going to do? Why? Because this is how understanding comes. See, understanding doesn't automatically just come. You have to go get it, and it requires discipline. It just does. It just does. The disciplined believer is the one that produces results. It's not the seed that you put in the ground and then leave, walk away, and then come back six months later that just has something coming out of it. It's the one that you maintain and give attention to. Water. Make sure it's getting the right nutrients. Make sure you're taking care of the soil. And that seed will produce for you. And it will produce more than just one. That's the exciting thing. You know, no one puts an apple seed in the ground to grow an apple tree to get one apple and says, all right, chop the thing down. Let's move on to the next one. (laughs) No, that thing will keep on producing. God's word will produce so much in your life if we just give it the attention. But we have to understand it. We can't be a people any longer. We can't be a church any longer that just hears stuff and just doesn't understand it and say, well, at least I heard it. And all you're getting, get. Understanding. Go get it. In all your endeavor, in all your discipline, get understanding. You got to go get it. It doesn't just come automatically. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, Just about every hand went up when I asked who has ever read the Bible and didn't understand something. And there's multiple reasons. There's natural reasons and there's spiritual reasons. Natural reasons could be traditions, time frames. I mean, just the fact that that was over 2,000 years ago will cause you to not understand something. That's how they did things back then. So there's some natural learning that we can do. 
There's some things that we can go, we can find out the history, find out why they did some traditions, some ceremonies, uh, rituals that they had that we don't do today. There's just some, uh, I mean, you know, you, you don't have to be a Bible scholar, you don't have to be a pastor to own, uh, you know, a concordance or a dictionary. I, mean, I would recommend that to anybody that wants to grow deeper in the walk with God. Go get some self-help study books. And now, uh, you know, we have so much knowledge available to us at our fingertips. I mean, there's so much available that we can go and we can study just to kind of give a basic overview of the Bible and what was going on at certain times. But the biggest reason why we don't understand the Bible is right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 13, Paul says, These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. The greatest resource you have to understanding the word as you study it lives with you. (laughs) He's with you. Every time I open my Bible, I pray, Holy Spirit, illuminate the word to me today. Open my spiritual eyes. See, that's what Jesus meant when he said, if you have ears to hear. You know how many people in the audience were going, ears? I got ears. I have eyes to see. But when he said hear and perceive, he wasn't talking naturally. He meant spiritually. Do you have eyes to perceive the spiritual things? Because you can only compare spiritual with spiritual. You can't compare spiritual with natural. And I'll tell you right now, there are many theologians and professors and, and studiers that know the Bible, but they only know the Bible like they know all the other books on their bookshelf. It's just another book. It's a history book. It's a science book. It's a math book. They just put it right there on that level. And guess what? You're going to get just that. A bunch of head knowledge. A bunch of info. Do you know the 411 on the Bible? That's all they got. And it will never produce anything for them. They'll never bear any fruit of it. It'll never be real to them. Why? Because they don't believe it. So they can't do it. They just know it. See, all that natural stuff, I didn't say it's bad, and I highly recommend it. But it will not do you any good if you don't get the spiritual side of it. Now, I'll also say this. Understanding does not come to the casual reader. And it does not come if there is no consistency. How you approach it and how often you're in it both determine what you get out of it. I believe it's Mark chapter 4, 
23, verse 24. It's actually Mark's version of the parable of the sower. I don't have it up here. But in the Amplified, Jesus says this. The measure of thought and study you put in determines what you get out. I mean, I've had people approach me with questions about the Bible, but they weren't asking a question to really understand it. They were really asking a question to prove their point. They're not a studier of the word. They're not someone that really gets in and and studies it. Just because you think you can find, uh, you know, discrepancies or just because you think you can find, you know, uh, uh, you know, what do they call that? Conspiracies, stuff like that, all that silliness. You know, that's not a studier of the word. That's not someone that studies the word. That's just someone that's looking for stuff. And I've found that the people that really get in the Word, really want to know the Word, they're not bothered by those silly things. They want to know truth because the truth will set you free. Amen? Then when the lies come up, when all the lies start showing up in the Word, you know the truth automatically. Because you're a true, you desire the Word of God. It's your daily bread. It's what I live off of. It's what feeds me. It's what makes me who I am. It is life to me. How you treat the word determines what you get out of it. The value that we place on the word. Put it first. Seek first the kingdom of God. And all the other things will be added unto you. Put it first. Put the word first. Place value on the word. But we have to be a church that understands. I mean, I've had people leave church because they just didn't understand something. And I'll tell you this, because I always tell them, ask questions. Just ask the question. I don't act like I know everything. Just go ahead and let you know. Don't, don't expect me to just automatically have the answer every time. If I don't know the answer, I'll tell you. You know, I'll have to look that up. I'll have to study that out. But I know that the Holy Spirit will show me because he's my guide. He's my teacher. He's my comforter. He knows. He's my helper. He will reveal the word to me. And I'm confident in that. But, you know, I've had people come up with questions on the word and, and, and that things that they don't understand, but they only come to me asking the question to prove their point. And I always let them know. Now, when we get in this, if you happen to see something that's different than what you believed before, are you willing to change your stance? I know I am. As a pastor, I'm not up here saying this is what I believe and this is what you have to believe or you can't be here. If you see something that I haven't seen in the word, I want to see it so I can preach. I'm just after the truth of the word. That's all. That's all. But I want to understand it. Because I want to do it. If we're going to be demonstrators in the kingdom of God, if we're going to go out and do the word, live the word, apply the word, we have to understand what we're hearing. We have to understand what we're seeing. We have to understand what's being preached. Ask questions. Not to 
substantiate your side of it, but ask questions with the heart that I just want to believe the truth. And if I see something different than what I knew before, I will come off. It's just the position you have to take. It's just the position you have to take. And so we've got to be a church that understands. Amen. We, we hear stuff. We know stuff. You know, I, I've been around people that, man, they know the word. They know the word. But is it doing anything for them? They know that by his stripes you are healed. But are they applying that? Are they receiving healing? Do they know that? Do they really believe that? Look, believing is how you got in this thing, and believing is how you're going to get through this thing. You had to believe to get into the kingdom. You didn't just say a prayer. I'll just go ahead and let you know, you did not say a prayer. You confess with your mouth what you believed in your heart. And if you didn't believe in your heart, then we may need to make a reconfession. We may just need to, you know what, I just need to substantiate, I know that Jesus died on that cross. I know that he rose in three days. I know that he took care of my sin. I know that he gave me power. I know that he's my Lord. And so I confess him as my Lord. And I will follow him all the days of my life. Well, there you go. We can't just be hearers. We can't just be talkers. You know, and there's no confidence behind saying Behind your words when you don't really know it or don't really believe it. That happened to me one time in high school. In speech class. Junior year. Junior year. And I had to give a speech on the 20s. 1920s. We all had a different decade. And I did no studying for it. I didn't, you know, I I just procrastinated. So the last second, and that morning I'm trying to cram in some information, so I pulled some stuff together real quick. And here I am in front of the class, and I'm saying all this stuff, and they all know. They know there's no way I could play it off. He doesn't know anything about what he's talking about right now. Why? There's no confidence. I didn't know it. It wasn't something that I gave myself. I didn't discipline myself to it. I just glanced over it, and so what I put in is what I got out. An F. I put in an F and I got back an F. Yeah. But my teacher was one of those who wasn't just going to let you slide. You get the F, but you got to do it again. So guess what I did? I went and studied it. I went and got on, uh, you know, I don't even remember if we had. Anyone know Encarta? Anybody remember that? Come on. Back in the late 90s. Yeah. And Carta, you had to get the little CD wrong. You couldn't just get online. AOL online. You've got mail. Couldn't just go online and Wikipedia this thing, man. Couldn't just pull out my iPad. I had to go get the CD ROM and had to go download pictures. And I had my dot matrix printer. Yep. You had to tear the little holes off the side. It was perforated. Come on, y'all with me on that. Windows 95 with the little flag that came up in the clouds. Yeah, y'all remember. Mom, hang up the phone. I'm trying to get on the Internet. Yeah, you can't use both at the same time. Yep. 
That was me. So I got on there. I did my homework, man. I figured it out. And I was able to talk about the 20s and talk about Babe Ruth and talk about the prohibition and, you know, all the other things that went on during that time. With confidence, because I knew what I was talking about, because I disciplined myself to it, not just glanced over it, not just heard some stuff and then tried to repeat it. You want to be able to communicate the word with boldness, with clarity and with understanding. But it's real hard to communicate something that you don't understand yourself. It's hard to tell somebody else about the Holy Spirit when you don't understand the Holy Spirit yourself. It's hard to tell someone about how to, how to work with their finances if you don't know how to deal with your finances yourself. It's hard to do those things when we don't know what the Word says about those entities in our lives. So we've got to know. We've got to be disciplined to not just hear the Word, to know the Word, to believe the Word, and then we'll do the Word. Amen. Father, we thank you for your Word tonight. We thank you so much. For your word, you've given us your word, the most valuable resource that we have. We love you because you gave us your word. Your word is all we need. Your word contains all the power, all the resource that we need to be successful in life. But Father, we want that word to produce results in our lives. We don't want it to be just something that we hear and even something that we talk about. But we want it to be something that we do. Something that we believe so we can demonstrate it. The world needs your word. They don't need our word. They don't need our opinion on the matter. They don't need what we think. They don't don't need to hear what the pastor said that week. They need to know the word of God. And so, Father, we want to be knowers of your word, lovers of your word, and doers of your word. May we demonstrate your word more powerfully than we ever have because we discipline ourselves to understand. You said to get understanding. If we don't understand, that's not an excuse to not go and get it. We have to go and get it. And we know this, that you have given us your Holy Spirit. He will speak to us. He will illuminate the word to us. He will reveal it to us. And then it will become real to us. So we thank you for this tonight. We walk away from here desiring to know your word on a greater level so we can show the world the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We want to take up our tithing offering at this time. If uh, our ushers would begin to move. If you need an offering envelope, please raise your hand. 